It's pretty pure Dharma. <laughs> Even so it comes from a Christian mistake. What her life was about was really giving up all the worldly pleasures and choosing a life of a hermit. A hermit in the middle of a small town being enclosed and really walled in into a little room attached to the church. And in the Middle Ages that was done in many places in Europe and you could find those hermitages just attached to the churches. And there was no entrance door into it. It was sealed off. They had a little small window into the church so they could follow the services. And there was an outreach from outside to bring food and water in. So they had everything they needed and this was the way they lived and they chose to live. And when I, when I saw that, like when I went to this place, nowadays you can go inside there is open, there's a door leading in it. And I was sitting there, and I was sitting there together with some of the other sisters, and and I and I noticed just the peacefulness of that space. It was like about 800 years since she lived there. And still there was this amazing space that the stillness and the depths you could still feel and I was just very impressed by that I didn't I didn't expect that so why do I bring that into this <laughs> um, my own experience living as a Buddhist nun is that by stepping out of many parts, not all, but many parts of the worldly life, my life has become much more simple, much less complex. And what I do experience with that is a certain amount of happiness and I don't want to say happiness in terms of of pleasure but happiness in terms of contentment and when we look at renunciation when we speak about renunciation often what comes up in our minds and what I know very well for myself before I entered the monastic path. Renunciation was related to what you shouldn't do and or what you really should do and this is not what I want to speak about today. Actually, renunciation is the very heart of our practice. It's the very heart of any spiritual practice. What we do is we are looking into what is really important in our lives. What do we want to 
What are we willing to let go of? What can we let go of? And letting go is not done by cutting off from. I'm not speaking of forcing yourself into a situation that you are not ready of, ready for. What I'm speaking about is looking into what is really needed, what is important in my life, what space do I want to give for those parts of my life that I really value and I really feel are worthwhile giving a lot of energy into. And what is there that isn't really needed? If you look into that, I'm sure each of you finds one or two or even more aspects that are not really so much needed. <laughs> and so there are many aspects of renunciation to renunciation. And one of those is the outer renunciation, renunciation in terms of the material world. Looking at our lives in Western societies, we see many things that are not going very well, where we, where we do exhaust the resources by the way we are living. And I don't want to come and shake you up or pull the carpet underneath your feet. I mean, I'm standing on the same carpets as you do. But one aspect of entering monastic life for me was also that I wanted to change the way how I'm living. I wanted to step out of that wheel of getting more and being more and having more. Like, it was very clear to me that, and still is, that we can't continue the way living we are doing. And over the last years, I'm sure everyone here in this room has heard about the end of the resources and how do we relate to that? How can we relate already now freely looking into areas of our lives that we maybe can reduce, where we can reduce how much we choose to have, how much we choose to consume and to be with. And I'm not saying to you, you should do this or you should do that. What I'm saying is, look for yourself into these areas. Look for yourself and make your choices. I mean, we all know that sooner or later this will come, whether we want it or not, whether we make our choices or not. This is something what we are looking up to. Let's just be honest. <laughs> this, is, this is coming. And 
from my own experience, I can say stepping into and spending time in countries in the East, for example in India, in Thailand, and also in Sri Lanka, I have seen and I have experienced myself living in a society that has a very different standard than what we take for granted, than what we take as normal. And my personal experience of that was very positive. Was a very, I was surprised. I can truly say that. And I, I have been spending more than a year in India. I was there quite a few times. And in not all the different places, but quite a bit. And what I see is that, and it's quite amazing to see that when, when we have less available in terms of material pleasures, material support, material values, it doesn't mean that there's less happiness. Quite the opposite. Quite the opposite. And I found that striking to see. And I mean, I knew that for myself because it was one of the points where I entered monastic life. I could see that having more doesn't mean I'm, I have more contentment. It doesn't go together. And that is that is the trick <laughs> that is played with us and on us. And again and again we find ourselves buying into that. If I only get that, then I'm really happy. For how long? <laughs> when you really get that, what you want right now, the most important things, and you really get it, how long are you happy? Uh, speaking in terms of material things. Let's just look into that. See how, how much that is conditioned. How much that is conditioned by your upbringing, by your, what you take for granted by your way of being socialized through your through your culture, through the country that you have been growing up in. And renunciation is, as I said before, it is not a cutting off from, but it is a decision, it is a movement that comes out of understanding comes out of understanding what you really need for living a wholesome life. And nobody else can tell you what that is. You have to find out for yourself. And looking around here in this society, and I had a very strong experience when I came last time. I just came directly from India having a one-day stop in England, and then arrived here in California. 
And I tell you, I didn't catch a shot. <laughs> Usually people say you haven't caught a shot when you go to the east. No, it's the other way around. <laughs> At least for me it was like that. And so what I point at is what, what are you afraid of? What are the reasons why you don't let go? And I'm not saying you personally don't want to let go, don't, get, don't understand me in that way. But why, why can't we let go of, the, of that, of those pleasures that are anyway not lasting? What do they bring into our lives that we want to hold on to. For myself, I can say, and I'm still working with that even as a nun, is they bring us the illusion of an everlasting happiness. And before we have it, we really think this is really the happiness I'm looking for. <laughs> and we are finding out that when we go into, when we look deeper into it, that what we are looking for is actually something else. If you look deeper into what is underneath this, wanting, this longing. What is it really that can bring contentment, that can bring fulfillment and love into our life? Out of my own experience I can say moving more into the present moment, being aware, being mindful, being with what is unfolding right now, even if it is painful, brings contentment. That quality of presence, of being with what is unfolding right now, however it is, whatever it is, has the quality of contentment in it because we are fully with, we are fully there in the midst of it. And in that quality there is the space of freedom. And I find it quite important when we speak about renunciation to look also in those, into those aspects, into internal aspects of it. It's like the first thing that I just spoke about now is the material aspect. But we, when we look in terms of renunciation, in terms of our own practice, of the Buddhist practice, if you're seeing yourself as a Buddhist, then what we are working with is looking at 
greed, hatred, and delusion. This is working with that, understanding the mechanisms of it, the working together of it. This is what we are work is what we want to go beyond. We want to let go. We want to let go of relating, reacting in ways of wanting or not wanting. What has to come into our way of relating to life is wisdom, is understanding. By developing the practice, by developing mindfulness, and by developing presence, that aspect of wisdom flows in naturally because we are with what is unfolding right now. And what is important here is really to notice that the way to do this is not by forcing ourselves, not by forcing ourselves to let go. We can't do that. It doesn't work. When I notice uh, a habitual pattern that is rooted in, in greed, greed or aversion, it doesn't really matter. When I notice these patterns, what I have to look into is like, where does that come from? Where is that rooted in? And can I see that, for example, getting my a view, having a certain view about a situation? Like say, I'm having a discussion with a friend and I have a certain opinion about something. Like I have a certain opinion about how the practice works for me, like say it, say it in that way. So, and when I try to put this opinion or this view through to the friend, but the experience of my friend is very different, then if I continue saying, well, my view is right because it works for me and you should do the same, then of course there is something wrong in this approach. It's like, I think what we have to see is like when we move out of the world being centered around me, around what I wish it to be, what I think works, what I think is right or wrong, then that is the entry into renunciation. It's like if I can accept that for other people this world looks different because they come out of a different context, out of a different background. And because it is different, it doesn't mean it's wrong. It's just different. And if I can allow that to be, that is one part of renunciation. It's letting go of what I think is right or wrong. And knowing that this works for me and this I can apply that into my life, but I can't necessarily expect 
somebody else to have absolutely the same experience. And in terms of practice, of course, there are ways of practicing that have been experienced by many, many people. And it worked for many, many people. And I think what is important is not to identify with our experiences and letting go of that. What this points at is really the, the letting go of, of self, looking into what the Buddha called or named the three characteristics of life, looking into impermanence, into suffering, and out of that into the experience of not-self shows us the way out of this. And we can't start directly by trying to understand anatta or not-self. Because this is, this is um, an insight, this is a realization that comes out of a deeper understanding of impermanence. And I think in, for all of us, it is quite easy to understand impermanence because we do experience it constantly in our lives and so in, in many little ways and also sometimes in big ways. Something coming to an end, something that we feel very close to, like maybe a relationship, maybe our work losing our work, losing somebody who we love, who dies. And usually our experience, we often our experience with impermanences, there is some suffering in that. And can we really open up to that? Can we allow the suffering to touch our hearts, to touch us deeply, especially with those things that are very dear to us? When we can do that, when we can turn fully towards suffering, we, can, we have the opportunity to look through it and to look into what does create the suffering. And we can see that is that we can see it's the holding on to me, mine, and our identification with things, with people, with situations in life. And when we can really let go of that, that is the ultimate <laughs> renunciation. And this is what the Buddhist teaching is about. Letting go of 
that what seems to be so important, what seems to be so crucial, what seems like we can't live without. And I think most of us know losing and letting go of strong attachments is actually freeing. If you have been really experiencing that in your lives, if you have managed to, like say, let go, or coming, going, having gone through the pain of losing somebody who you really loved, and you have come to the end of that experience, you do experience space, you do experience peace and freedom. And this is what the Buddha points in his teachings at. And he gives us many ways of practicing with that. And what is very much needed is your willingness to investigate, to experiment, to try out, to find out, to understand. Why do I attach to? Why do I attach to my view of self, to my experience of self, and why do I attach to great hatred and delusion? <laughs> I mean, as is, is our part of it. I like to offer this for your reflection, and I hope it's beneficial for your practice. Andamayam Damakataya Takuram Tadamase Sam.